0: Welcome to The Plant Remedy. I'm your host, Bailey Ruskis, also known as Chef Bay. I'm a classically French-trained chef turned plant-based. I'm also an integrative nutritionist, a chef instructor, an animal and environmental activist, an endometriosis warrior, but most of all, I'm a human being who just wants to save the world one delicious meal at a time. This is a place where we talk all things food, cooking, plants, environment, holistic healing, and even talk a little bit of shit once in a while. The place where you can unpack and grow, all while finding your very own remedy. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Plant Remedy. I'm so happy to have you here that you decided to hit play and listen to me talk about plants and all things holistic healing and everything in between. I have been having a really good week since I launched the podcast. It's been so insane how many of you have been so supportive, have been listening to this on your drive to work while you're doing laundry. All the amazing comments that I've gotten, amazing emails, direct messages, y'all are the best. I cannot believe that this community supports me in such a way that I am able to face my fears and hop on an entire new platform and it's actually going pretty well. So shout out to y'all because y'all are making this such an amazing experience and I can't wait to record a new episode every single week. So with that said, uh, I will be releasing new episodes on Wednesdays, so make sure to look out for that. If you don't want to remember, go ahead and subscribe and your phone will let you know if there is a new episode out. So today, I really am so excited that I have my first guest on The Plant Remedy. She is another female chef who literally kicks ass in the plant-based world, and she's been inspiring me since the day that I found her, which was about three years ago on Instagram. Her name is Claire Sharon Roberto, and she is a world traveler, y'all. She is from South Africa originally, and she is just doing so many amazing things for the plant-based community, for our environment for our world she is in charge of opening up plant-based cafes all over the world and actually a funny story how I know Claire and how I met Claire in person I so like I said I had been following her for the last you know three years and she was someone that was really pivotal in me deciding to go fully plant-based I had been dibble-dabbling in it but after my last surgery for my endometriosis, I really needed to make a change. And seeing Claire and how she healed herself um, with Hashimoto's through plant-based food and just kind of not letting doctors decide her fate for her, I was so interested. And she was one of the people that really got me to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go plant-based. And just seeing her confidence behind it and see her radiating even just through her Instagram page like made me feel like I could do it too. So when we were in Bali in May, we were staying with my friend McKinley, who shout out McKinley. If you're listening, um, we were staying with McKinley and in Changu in little beach town. So cute over there. If you haven't been and my friend McKinley, Uh, lives with her boyfriend. His name is Mateo, and he owns a cafe called the Matcha Cafe. This cafe is so cute. We were there almost every day. The food was so good. It was some of the best vegan food. They don't use any palm oil. It makes you feel so, so, so good. And so Steve and I were there every single day. We were in Changu, like literally (laughs) religiously, Um, like morning and night. We were there grabbing a smoothie, grabbing soup, grabbing. There's so much good food. And so one day we're sitting there and we're having lunch and in walks Claire and I'm over here fangirling, telling Steve, like, oh my god, I follow her on Instagram. Like, she's so inspirational to me. I can't believe she's here. Like, this is so crazy. And, you know, it's it's not like she's like this crazy Instagram famous person. She's just, I don't know, she's just a normal person who I stumbled upon on Instagram who happened to maybe change my life a little bit. And I was fangirling hard, which this doesn't really happen to me very often. And so... Steve was looking at me like, I don't even recognize you right now. What is going on? And so Mateo walks up to us and he's like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. This is such perfect timing. He's like, Bailey, this is Claire. You know, she did the menu for this restaurant. You're both plant-based chefs. I'm so happy you're meeting. This is amazing. And of course, the universe lines things up perfectly sometimes. Of course, she did the menu for Mateo's restaurant because that's just how things work and so she ended up sitting down we ended up having a chat with her and her fiance and I got to know her on such an amazing level and it turns out we have a lot of the same education we went to the same nutrition school Uh, we have a French culinary education we both studied hospitality management and we both healed ourselves naturally from something that doctors told us we would never get off pills for And I mean, with endometriosis, I'm still healing. I think I always will be, but I've been off pills for, and, you know, all sorts of different types of pills for, let's see, like a year and a half now. So I feel like I'm doing pretty good. And so anyway, back to my story. So, you know, after getting to know each other and talking, you know, I just, I think it's so, so interesting that... Claire and I are from literally completely different sides of the world. I grew up in Boulder, Colorado. She grew up in South Africa. Yet our love for food, our energy around food, the fact that we both watched our grandmothers cook for hours and hours and hours, the fact that we both immediately after high school or grade school had to immediately go to culinary school because that's that's all we wanted to do we were so similar. And I was just so refreshed and happy to talk to another woman who felt about food like I do, like who really had that passion, that understanding that is so, so hard to find um, in other people. And it's not like it's a bad or a good thing. It's just like, it's really nice to meet like-minded individuals. And so, you know, of course I asked Claire to be on this podcast because you know, she has such a light energy. Like she is literally like a ball of light. And she has such warm energy. And she is so easy to talk to and her story is so interesting to me. She has lived all over the world. She has done amazing things, opened cafes all over the world, and I'm just inspired by her all the time. You know, I am in awe of her. And everything that she's overcome and accomplished and all the amazing cafes that she's opening up all the time. And yeah, so I'm just so happy that this conversation was recorded and we're able to put it on the podcast because I feel like no matter who you are, whether you're a line cook looking to get out of the day-to-day restaurant grind, whether you're dealing with chronic illness, whether you're looking for a little inspiration to travel, no matter where you come from, no matter what you're going through, I feel like you'll be able to resonate with Claire and um, really get something out of this podcast. So without further ado, I would love to introduce Claire, Sharon, Roberto to the Plant Remedy podcast.
1: So good. Thank you so much for having me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, Where in the world are you right now?
1: I'm currently um, in the French countryside, just outside of Bordeaux.
0: Oh wow, so beautiful! So uh, you're beautiful. You were just in Paris recently, right?
1: I was. I was, and I didn't want to leave. It was so amazing. I love Paris. It's my second time there. Um, it's just I don't know what it is about Paris. If it's like my dreams when I was a kid, and like wanting to go because of all the food, but Paris is just amazing.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a bucket list for me since I uh, went to La Cordon Bleu to train. But I feel like finding vegan food there is really challenging, but you seem to have no problem doing that. Uh,
1: The first time I went to Paris was, I think it was about four years ago. Yeah. And it was a little more tricky then. I think I was only able to find two or three spots, Uh, but this time around, Wow crazy amounts of vegan food vegan croissants an entire vegan patisserie which is massive yeah Um, yeah and it was it was really good it was so great and there's a big vegan community there and yeah it's amazing
0: wow that gives me like lots of new motivation to go because i've I've actually never been to europe um so and i've had this weird thing ever since i went plant-based that i feel like i'm not going to find any food to eat so (laughs)
1: <laughs> there's tons of food like this this trip that I've been doing over the last five weeks um all over Europe like there hasn't been one place where I haven't been able to find something vegan so and sure. probably vegan and delicious too right yeah exactly exactly because uh, we know that oftentimes some people can make vegan food that's not so great
0: <laughs> yeah exactly it's like french fries or <laughs> just like some plain green salad or something like that yeah yeah exactly so um I would love to hear just like more about your story and where you came from and how you got to the place that you're in now
1: okay wow my story (laughs) it is quite a long one so I might like abbreviate it a bit but yeah um how I got to where I am now so maybe I'll talk about where I am now first, because it's always great to discuss the present moment. Totally. Um, I am now, so I'm a plant-based chef and I have my own restaurant, cafe, consulting business, meaning myself and my partner, who just so happens to be my fiance as well, we go around the world and we create vegan cafes and restaurants for people. So... Essentially all they need to do is have the idea. Or well, sometimes they don't even need to have the idea because we can do that too. But they essentially need to be like, hey, I've got some cash. I want to open a restaurant. Please can you come and do it for me? <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say they need to have money, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all they need to have is just some money and some passion to be in the restaurant game because it's not an easy game. Um yeah, and then they contact myself and they're like please do it. And yeah, I do everything from developing the entire menu, creating all the recipes. Um, Sometimes we'll even, you know, decide on the decor for the place if um, the clients aren't really keen on doing anything like that. We do the kitchen layout. We train all the staff. I train the kitchen team on all the restaurants um i mean on all the recipes and uh Gary will focus a lot on front of house training um so that yeah so that the waiters and uh, service staff are able to educate customers onto as to why um we are serving plant-based food why is it good for you why is it good for the planet why is plant-based veganism taking over the world um it's important the why is always important. Um, yeah. And we, yeah, we do that all over the world, like I said. So it's very exciting. Um, it's really great to be able to travel all over the world and create this beautiful, positive movement. It's just so nice, especially what I've been doing currently. I've been working a lot in the Middle East, um, Kuwait, Qatar, Dubai, Bahrain, um, And it's so great to know that there are now healthy vegan cafes up there um, that are servicing a lot of people, making a lot of people happy and making a lot of people healthy as well and doing good for our planet and the animals. So that always makes my heart very happy. Now, where was I before this and how did I get here? Um, I always wanted to be a chef from... A very young age I was in the kitchen Uh, I mean from a very young age I was I was interested in food I watched my grandmother cook a lot I only saw her once a year because she lived quite far from us but we'd go and visit her every Christmas time and I'd kind of grab my little step-up bench and put it in the kitchen and climb up and sit on it and like watch her bake watch her cook the whole day and uh, yeah, I just I was always inspired. It was like my happy place. And I think I started cooking like full on meals for my mom and I when I was nine. I remember because I mean I was like a latch door kid, you know, I'd be picked up from school and I'd have my own keys to let myself in. And this is not a that's not big in South Africa, you know, it's not like America or a lot of parts of the world where you can just kind of like walk home, you know, from school. It doesn't it's not like that there. So I would be dropped off, open, open up with my little keys, and I would start cooking dinner. And I mean, this is, yeah, like I don't think I'd let my nine-year-old do that, but that was what I did. And I, I was pretty good at it. <laughs> and yeah, cooking was just part of like my life. I loved cooking with my mom, I loved cooking by myself. I used to watch cooking shows on TV. Um, I remember watching Floyd on France, all the time or floyd wherever he was drunk drinking his wine um, (laughs) shouting at his cameraman Um, (laughs) jamie oliver was like a big a big um yeah inspiration for me i think i was like 16 at the time when he first launched um 15 that concept where he would take like 15 students in and train them to be chefs yeah And I think he even applied for his school, but he wasn't taking anybody outside the London network. So that was that. Um, Anyway, then, so straight after school, after high school, I knew I wanted to go and study to be a chef. I mean, there was nothing else I wanted to do. And I was gonna go to just chef school, but I decided, well, my mom influenced me a lot. And she was like, rather go and study to be a chef as well as front of house stuff, as well as hotel management, as well as food and beverage management so that you've got everything. You've got the whole like deck. So I listened to my mom and I studied for three years. And yeah, I I then moved to Dubai, expecting to go and work in really fancy restaurants and hotels, but that was not the case. When I got to Dubai in 2007, It wasn't the city that it is now. Um, It was a lot more like developing Um, the sort of chefs that they had in restaurants and hotels when I was there were not, they were not the type of caliber of chef that had like heaps of education, training or experience under their belts. So essentially when I used to go for these interviews, I was almost more qualified than they was and I'd only just stepped out of chef school. So for me that was like strange and I decided that that probably wouldn't be the greatest thing for me to do for my career because I wanted to go and like learn from peers, you know. I wanted to be the underdog to learn from like great superiors. So yeah, Sadly, I didn't get to work as a chef when I was in Dubai because I kind of sold everything to move there with Mm. my boyfriend at the time and there was nowhere to work because like I said, there just wasn't, it wasn't what it is today. So I did something completely different, got into a completely different industry because my boyfriend wanted to stay in Dubai. I didn't, but you know, you do things for your partner in life sometimes um, you put yourself second, which is not a good thing. Always put yourself first. Um,
0: <laughs> we learn over time though, right? Like we takes, learn.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You live and you learn. Um, yeah, so fast track, like four years later, I I mean, I, I'd done wild things. I worked as, I was an Emirates air hostess for a while. Um, yeah, I, d- I did nutty things. I then moved to... Um, I moved back to South Africa. I, I worked in another industry again at the time because it's pretty difficult to find work in South Africa. Um, and during that stint of working, I, I was hungry to cook and to be with food. I was like hungry for it. So I started my own cupcake business. And it did so well that I quit my job at the time and did it full time. And it was amazing. I loved so much. I literally, I, I used to make cupcakes in my sleep. It just was day in, day out. But I was the only person doing it. I was the only person in the business. I um, come from a single parent family. So it was really difficult for me to get a business loan because my mom doesn't own a house. I certainly didn't own a house at the time. So there was nothing to stand collateral for a business loan. Right. And, you know, when, when a business starts doing well, it starts getting to the point where you know, you get invited to like, oh, yeah, I was getting invited to um, big food conventions. And in order to like partake in these kinds of things, you need to have a lot of money to pay your way in. And I didn't, and I couldn't get a business loan. So essentially my, my business, it's, it reached a ceiling and I couldn't go any further with it. So I decided to start traveling again, as you do, and um, moved to Australia. And I lived there for like almost two years. And I was, it was really great because I, I got a job um, working in a VIP family's home. I was looking after their kids and like managing their home, but I was their cook and private chef as well. So finally got into my food. Um, from there, I, what, I, I was doing some volunteering in Cambodia. Uh, I, what else did I do? Uh, I went to India and did my yoga teacher training and stayed there for a while really got into Ayurveda, which is reflected in my food a lot. Um, Yeah, then I was offered an insane job um, back home in Cape Town um, to essentially like open up the desserts and pastry section of a very new vegan restaurant in Cape Town. And it was like, I think only the second vegan restaurant in Cape Town, but it was doing really well. So i packed everything up in australia and i flew back to cape town were you Um, already vegan at this time yes okay i i was vegan i think i've been vegan now for like four and a half years i think yeah um yeah so i went home and i got stuck into this job and it was amazing it was so much fun like the kitchen was filled with all these like like like-minded vegan souls that were just like out there to change the world and yeah, we we just had a blast every single day. It didn't feel like work. Um, the menu I developed for the for the restaurant did really well. People would come in like requesting certain desserts by name. Mm-hmm. So that was rad. Um, then there was like a shift in the kitchen space itself, and the uh, the chef that was working like as sort of the executive chef of, of the of the restaurant. Uh, they didn't, they weren't let go. They were just sort of shifted within the restaurant. And then that meant that the executive chef role was kind of up for grabs. And uh, the owner of the business wanted me to do it. And I was like, well, I'm kind of doing the whole of the desserts and pastry section. Um, That's quite a job in itself. (laughs) But anyway, I ended up stepping into the role and- Yeah, you did. (laughs) Awesome. So that was really rad. Um, Sadly, after a few months of this like really rad cafe, restaurant, whatever you want to call it, things just sort of went south. The business had been run very badly from like a management point of view, behind the scenes, money stuff. And the owner got himself into terrible debt and doors had to close very soon. Um, yeah, it was very, very sad. So that was me back home in South Africa, just having like signed everything off in Australia to move home. And th- this happened. That <laughs> oh, so
0: happens so often in restaurants, too, you know? It's like everyone puts
1: everything into it, and then it's kind of you're playing roulette in a way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. Um, but. It, I'll never like, regret it. It was such an amazing experience. I mean, the people that I met there were so incredible. Some of them are my, some of my best friends today. Um, but in saying that, I was then out of work. Oh. And uh, like I said, it's really tricky to find work in South Africa, um, especially people in my generation. You have to be an entrepreneur or you have to, yeah, you pretty much have to be an entrepreneur to, oh. to make it. Uh, so, I started a plant based catering company. Um, I was private chefing here and there, and yeah, it just it was winter in Cape Town, so things were not fast. things were very slow and it just wasn 't working out so i yeah I went overseas I traveled more um, and then, after traveling for another like four or five months around Bali doing yoga stuff, yoga teacher training stuff. Um, I got an email from a company that I think I'd spoken to once before and they were like, Hey Claire, would you like to go and be a private chef for a VVIP family in Dubai? I was like, Hmm, let me see Dubai. (laughs) (laughs) I have experienced Dubai for four and a half years. I didn't really enjoy it much at that stage of my life, but Let me try it again. So I took the job, flew to Dubai, did the trial. Um, The family loved me. They flew me back home so that I could pack up my life again, and then flew me back to Dubai. And I started that job, which was—it was an incredible opportunity. You know, they are, like I said, a VVIP family, um, and they were just such lovely people as well. But it just opened many doors for me. You know, it got—it got me. It got me to experience um, what it's like to cook on a very large scale for very important people. Um, yeah, it was definitely, it's the hardest job I have done in my career so far, and I've done some pretty gnarly things, um, but it, it kind of refined my skills. Um, a lot of the time that I was there, so the family wasn't vegan. I was, was going to
0: ask that.
1: That was a very big thing for me. Mm-hmm. The family was not vegan. But when I decided to take the job, I was like, that's no problem. I'll just turn them vegan. <laughs> um, Been there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, had, they had four young kids. Mm-hmm. And that was the trickiest, was to get these kids to try vegan food. Um, The mom was very open to this kind of thing. The dad, not so much. But they had banquets and parties. And, you know, the mom, she was like a socialite, like a big, she is a big Dubai um, socialite. And yeah, the parties that she had were insane. So I always had a lot of work to do. And I always had a challenge on my hands because let's say there was like a party of 12 coming for a four or five course dinner. Out of the four and five courses, I was able to get all of the courses barring one vegan without them knowing. Just not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of just like that main meal where they like expect to see. Like the- a big piece the- of meat. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't totally. really get away with that one. No. <laughs> um, so that, that was amazing. And I managed to get the mom completely off dairy and completely off eggs for good. Wow. By the time I'd left, I was, I was very stoked about that. Um, the kids were eating pretty much 90% vegan without knowing. Um, so the person that took over from me, I was like, you need to keep it this way. They don't know, but it's better for them and it's better for the planet to please. <laughs> <laughs> and the dad, the dad, the dad was a tough
0: one. Dads are hard. Dads are yeah, the hardest, yeah. They
1: are, they are. But um, yeah, he was, he was more open to it and willing to try a lot more by the time I'd left. Mm-hmm. Not like I'd done, I'd done something. <laughs> um so yeah, I was there for a very long time and I I was getting very tired. It was, like I said, a really gnarly job. It was like seven days a week sometimes, yeah. sometimes like you know, half a month straight with no off day. It was Were you on call? Yes. Always. Yeah. <clears throat> always. I mean, I didn't live in the mansion. Um, that was one thing that I made I before joining i was like listen i'll do this job and i'll work very hard but i refuse to live on the premises because
0: then you would never even have like five seconds to yourself if you it's lived okay. there yeah
1: that's right so um i <laughs> didn't live there but essentially i did live there right <laughs> uh yeah i just i was tired like after doing this for so long my body started to give up It really did. Um, As a chef, I think we push ourselves very hard and we're able to push ourselves very hard. And it's like that mentality of go, 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 push, push, push. Uh, You know, like I was at complete like adrenal fatigue. Uh, My Hashimoto's that I didn't know that I had was full-blown by that stage. Literally full-blown Hashimoto's disease. Can
0: you explain what Hashimoto's is just for people who are listening? Thanks.
1: It is a autoimmune disease. Um, it is. it affects the thyroid. So essentially, like, all your hom- hormones are completely out of whack. You have zero energy. You've got brain fog. Um, it, it affects your digestion. It affects your mood. Like, some people are highly depressed. I was pretty depressed, but I also put that down to, like, literally never seeing the sun and being completely vitamin D division. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, your digestion is affected. So, I mean, so many things are affected because it's actually hormones – they run our bodies for us. They run every system in our in our bodies. And if the main thing that is out, the hormones mm-hmm. gonna be out of whack. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't ideal. It wasn't an ideal, ideal situation. And um, I, the family was traveling. Um, they have like their annual holiday that they go on to, to the states, and I was supposed to be going with them, but then they decided last minute that they were gonna go on a cruise liner need me. Great. It gave me some time off. So I flew awesome. to my my sole home that is Bali. And I just had some downtime while I was in Bali. And one of my really good friends was um living there. And I stayed with her for a little while and there was a whole heap of other people that we knew that were there. We were just like hanging out, just like chilling. And everybody asked me at some point while I was there, Claire, what are you doing working for these people? Like, why are you putting yourself through this? Like, we can see and we know that you are physically ill. Why are you doing this? Like, you clearly are not enjoying it. It's making you ill. What are you doing? And I think because so many people ask me this question, and it was just like repetitive. Like, every time I'd see somebody that asked the same thing, then it was like, wow, why am I doing this to myself? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. Like, what am I doing? And it was it was coming from like um, from a place of lack, from a place of fear. I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to find another job, um, you know, of this calibre, or that I wasn't going to be able to do my love, which is chef work, private chefing, because there just wasn't anything in South Africa. Um, time and like if there was it was like only once in a blue moon and it just like doesn't pay the bills that way um yeah so it was just me being in that state of fear I I
0: resonate with that for sure I've definitely been there especially like as a woman as an entrepreneur like trying to like make it work in this industry I totally understand what that feels like where it's Mm -hmm. like really easy to come from a place of lack and a place of fear when you're like, I just want to cook. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, just, I want to create and I want to be around <laughs> food
1: and I want to make money. <laughs> Can I do all those things, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Um, so I think Bali helped a lot because you know, it just, it puts you straight. I mean, yeah. if anybody's been to Bali, they'll understand. There's just something about that place. And I just, yeah, I just thought to myself, it's time for me to surrender to Everything and just know that I will be fine. So I literally decided in my head I'm going to resign as soon as I go back. And I started like drafting my resignation letter. And literally the next morning, literally the next morning, I got a message on Instagram from a guy that I had made a vegan birthday cake for in Dubai. So he is, I think he's Norwegian. And he uh, he was living in Dubai at the time. I did not know him from a bar of soap, but I knew his girlfriend. Now, his girlfriend didn't live in Dubai, but she contacted me from Cape Contest. Boyfriend's living in Dubai. He needs a vegan birthday cake. You're the cake queen. I need to do this for me. I was like, yeah, sure. I'm just working like 17 hours a day, seven days a week, but I'll definitely make some time to make you I'll try to fit it in. (laughs) (laughs) And like, there literally was no time, but I will always say yes when somebody wants something beaten. And it's, I, I will make time. So I did make time in my retarded schedule. And I caught a cab really early in the morning hand delivered this birthday cake to him in these apartment suites that he we was staying in. It took so long to be able to get access in the building because he didn't believe who I was. Anyway, I got in, went up to the, to the like penthouse or wherever he was staying, rung the doorbell. Uh, he answered like in his dressing robe, like completely half asleep. I was like, hey, you don't know me. Happy birthday, this is from your <laughs> girlfriend. Okay, bye, I have to go now. <laughs> And um, yeah, like I literally didn't even speak to him, that's all I said. And apparently he loved this cake so much, and he's not a cake vibe, but he was like it's the best cake of my life, so mm-hmm. that's him. Now, the moment that I surrendered to not working this dry job, the next morning I got a message from him to say, hey, remember me, <laughs> I will be going to Cape Town in a couple months' time, I am renting a villa for myself and four of my European friends, and we would like a private chef to come and cook plant-based for the two months that we are there. Are you interested? Like, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, God. Yes. Wow. That was was incredible. Um, Yeah, so I went back to Dubai, resigned, went home, worked this insane job. It was such an insane job. It was just kitchen was I mean like it was up on these beautiful cliffs looking out onto the ocean the kitchen literally I mean it it, it's like a dream kitchen uh view of the ocean view of the mountains like open plan all of the kitchen goodies you can think of uh I had no budget I could do what I want it was it was a dream it was a dream uh (laughs) and around that time was the time that I met my now fiance and he, I met him actually on his podcast. He knew a mutual friend of ours. And she was like, you have to meet my friend. She's this great vegan chef. I'm sure you'll be interested because you're vegan and you love food. You've got a podcast, you should interview her. Boom, that's how we met. Uh, and yeah, when the job came to an end, I got. I was really sick, like I said, with Hashimoto's, but I still pushed through this two month job because it was such a rad job. But then like my body literally gave up and my eating disorder was at an all time low or high, whichever way you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I eventually hit my rock bottom and I've had an eating disorder for 16 years. it, It was bad. And my fiance is in recovery from drugs and alcohol. So he can see the signs of like addiction and rock bottom and all of that jazz. And yeah, the the two month gig came to an end and I had nothing to do. I had no job to go to. I didn't know what was gonna happen. And I think because of that, my eating disorder just ramped up a few bars. And because it's a disease of control, the only thing that I can control in my life was food. Well, in my eating disorder mindset, that is. So yeah, I just I started restricting so much food. I started like exercising like a maniac and I, I was in a very dark place. And um, it was around this time that he could see this and he could see me hitting rock bottom because I said a few things that people shouldn't be saying, wanting to be around, not wanting to wake up, things like that. Right. And it was around that time that he do like, essentially assist me in realizing that I was in a very dark place. So I take myself into rehab, and that was the start of, like, my life completely changing. Um, I was very sick in my head. I was very sick with Hashimoto's. But I was in a place that I was beginning to accept this and deal with it and start, like, moving forward, you know? Uh Yeah, so like a month later, I was out of rehab. Um, It was the beginning stages of recovery, which are very scary. Um, But yeah, I was dedicated to getting well so that my life could start to be better. Um, I mean, my life was great, but it needed to be better than what it was, especially inside my head.
0: Right. Most important place for it to be better, (laughs) right? (laughs) All the external stuff doesn't matter if up here it's not doing well, right? Exactly.
1: So um, yeah, it was around this time that it was then kind of time to figure out why I was so sick. And um, that's when I got the, the Hashimoto's diagnosis. And like most doctors, uh, the doctor told me, "You will have this for the rest of your life. You will have to go on medication. You will have to have your thyroid removed, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And Been there, <laughs> like I, for me, it's just like I don't like listening to things like that. I don't ever believe that anything is impossible. I truly don't. In fact, if somebody tells me that something is impossible, it makes me want to make it possible even more. So this is what these doctors told me. And I was like, well, that's bullshit. And I decided to sort of take that into my own hands and I knew the healing power of plants. I knew that, that, yeah, I knew I could fix myself. So my fiance and I moved to Bali and I decided to go raw vegan for however long it would take. Um, and I don't condone people doing this just willy-nilly. It's not something that you can just dive head into. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I was eating predominantly fruit. um, And when you're in a tropical paradise where fruit is abundant, it is in season, it is perfectly ripe, and it's right there and organic, then it's a great idea. And, you know, raw food diets, specifically like fruitarian diets uh, with tons of greens added in there, uh, very, very healing and detoxifying. And essentially what I needed to do was I needed to starve out the etsy bar- virus that was causing my Hashimoto's. And I managed to do it. Uh, within two months, my energy levels began to skyrocket, Never mind, like turn around. Uh, I was able to like actually get out of bed but at nine. I was able like, to go through the whole day without having to like nap three times. I was able to like go to bed later than 8 p.m. I was able to function like a normal human being, but I was able to begin to learn what thriving was again. I hadn't thrived for so long. That was incredible. Um, And it was around this time that I, my life and my energy and what I was putting out to the world because I was doing so well internally was, I mean, It's the ripple effect, right? Like we, what we put out, we get back. You know, law of attraction is- 100%. It's a a real thing. I mean, everything in this world is energy. So I suppose what I was putting out began to come back to me. And that's when I was approached by um, a, so she's a celebrity in Kuwait. Um, She's a fashion and beauty blogger, a very well loved fashion and beauty blogger up there. And she's vegan herself. And um, she contacted me because it was her dream to open a vegan cafe and finally eat a vegan croissant because she had not been able to enjoy her love of croissants since going vegan. No pressure. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so yeah, um, that was the first that, that was the first start to where I am today. Um, I created this entire menu for her. Essentially, she just wanted to have like a grab and go concept, like people come in, grab some croissants, sandwiches, salads, that kind of thing. Uh, but I didn't really like that idea. And I just didn't listen to her. Well, (laughs) I can
0: imagine the hardest part of that whole concept is making the perfect vegan croissant, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, no easy feat there. No, absolutely (laughs) not. Um, so yeah, I just, I sent her the menu that I thought would be the menu that she needed and she showed it to her partners and her partners were like, no, this is is wild. This is crazy. We can't do this. We just, we need to go with the safe option of like sandwiches and salad and the croissant. And she, I think she could see something in me and she, she basically told them that she was like, no, we need to go with what Claire says. It's gonna be amazing. So myself and Gary flew to Kuwait and we were there for two months. Um, the restaurant was like a shell when we came in and we transformed it into what it is today, um, which is V Terra in Kuwait. Um, and I managed to respect vegan consigned and it is a massive over there. A lot of people don't actually know that it's vegan, um, vegan and yeah from that job um i just was contacted left right and center like that was a year ago no not not even a year ago that was like just under a year ago and since then to today the amount of restaurants or people from around the world that have contacted me to do restaurants for them it's like it's crazy it's it's crazy but it's so awesome to know that this plant-based movement is growing at the rate that it's growing it really is so exciting Mm -hmm. um and i truly truly am so privileged and honored and grateful to be doing this right like hardly anybody in our world can say that they absolutely love doing what they do um and i do i really and and i get paid for it it's a bit nappy, but I'm-
0: 100%. Yeah. I, I get so many like line cooks or sous chefs or people who are working back of the house contact me all the time and say, how are you not working in a restaurant? Like I feel so absolutely stuck. And yeah. I always say, you just have to find that one client that's going to change your life. Exactly. That's all it takes is that one person that will guide you out of whatever you're in and get you to the next place. You know, you yeah. don't need to find a whole heap of people. You just need that one person that can recommend you. And then it's like mm. a, a snowball from there.
1: Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. it's so sad for chefs. I mean, essentially chefs are these creative people and working in a restaurant is not creative. Like you do the same thing every day, the same menu. It never changes. Like, or maybe it'll change like once a year, but yeah.
0: (laughs) If you're lucky every four months, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I mean, this industry is as one of the highest suicide rates of any industry in the world, which which is pretty interesting, especially when it comes from the place that it comes from.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's no wonder. I mean, if working that 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 type of job where it's like a physical job—you're on your feet all mm-hmm. the time. You know, like yeah. during service, you're literally sweating the whole service because it's so <laughs> hot, and yeah. you're rushing around. The adrenaline's going crazy, <laughs> like that. Coupled with like not eating proper food, because I find that chest just do not know how to feed themselves or eat themselves. Isn't They're that crazy. so ironic too? So ironic. Yeah. And so many of them like smoke, drink, drink,
0: drink so honey. much, do drugs yeah. All, yeah. on shift. Like, yeah.
1: Like, so crazy. And then uh, coupled with like not sleeping properly and literally never seeing the sun because you're inside all the time. Or their
0: family, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, like yeah. not
1: getting any of the primary food, exactly. Like, mm. I mean, no wonder they're sickened and, you know, committing suicide. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's yeah. It's very sad. It's and it's interesting too. I've done a lot of research on like in ancient cultures and ancient times, you know, the shamans of the tribe would be the ones to prepare the food because they were the closest to God and they would feel that they were the ones that would be, you know, the best to give that nourishment and that energy from the divine to, you know, their people. And we've gotten so far from that. And so So I really appreciate, you know, you and you know, people like what we're doing is kind of like trying to get closer to like okay let's heal through food food isn't just something to like satisfy that next craving or to binge out on something it's really like meant for healing and yeah it can be delicious at the same time right
1: it's Mm. supposed to be delicious like right exactly no it's so true like i mean it's scary to think that like so many people eat out at restaurants and the food that they're getting is prepared by people that probably don't want to be doing that job probably are having a really bad day probably right. are like in a terrible mood
0: mm-hmm. and essentially
1: they are projecting all of that energy into the food that you then eat which is admit,
0: exactly yeah and i mean all food isn't in, in some sense is just a transfer of energy right yeah. like the basis of all it is so even if the food that you're getting like i have a friend she owns a restaurant in san francisco And she's a vegan chef who cooks meat at her restaurant. And she talks about like the struggles with that. And she's like, honestly, I'm the last person to get, and her mom is a shaman actually. So she's very connected to this type of energy in this world. But she's like, I'm the last person to get this meat or this animal or this food that I'm, you know, giving out in this restaurant. So like the least that I could do is give it as best energy as I can and to like Mm. bless this food and then give it out. And I think that that in itself is like really, really special. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You totally. know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about your app that you have coming out.
1: <laughs> yes. My very exciting recipe app. I'm, It's probably like the most excited I've been in my whole life for this recipe app. And I mean, like that's saying a lot. I'm the type of person that gets excited about things. Right. But I just... I'm so excited because I know that this app is going to be able to change so many people's lives for the better because like you just said, food is, food is medicine. Like we 100%, don't yeah, medicine in any way. I mean, I'm walking living proof that I mean, I've healed and reversed an autoimmune disease by eating food, by eating the right kind of food. And my recipe app is obviously fully vegan, duh. <laughs> um, disclaimer uh, yeah just throw it in there <laughs> um and it is filled with a heap of the recipes that I developed for myself when healing from Hashimoto's uh it is filled with decadent recipes it's filled with easy like one pot kind of I need to have a quick dinner recipe um it's well, it's just it's packed that you need to know whether you're a chef that needs some inspiration or you're just the average joe that's interested in trying a plant-based vegan diet for a week. It's for everyone. And what makes my app different is it has tons of video content. So a lot of the recipes are shot. It's me I'm teaching you how to do the recipe in... Under three minutes. Um, and it's beautifully shot. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Um, and then it's also going to have a lot of like video content on it of myself and Gary, who is also a. So just putting one thing in here. Uh, I'm not only a chef, I also studied um, through IIN. So I'm a nutrition and health coach as well uh gary the same thing so we both have quite a big background in nutrition and we have a lot of videos talking about nutrition and just educating people on why again because the why is so important so it's going to have a lot of free video content like that it's going to have our podcast on it and a whole other heap of things in it so it's not just it's it's special Amazing! I'm very excited for the world to experience it and benefit greatly from it. It's so amazing. I can't wait
0: for it.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for it either. It has actually just heard from my app developer about an hour ago. Um, He said to me that the Android version is ready for me to look at. Um, So I will be looking at it after this, which I'm very excited for. (laughs) Amazing.
0: So what made you want to do an app instead of like a blog or something like that?
1: So I think, okay, well, we eat with our eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in our world today, uh, video is it's, it's just so well-loved by so many people. And, you know, it's going to essentially be a blog as well because it will be linked to my website, uh, which is under construction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it will probably launch with the app. Um, yeah, I just, I wanted to do something different. I've all, like, like I said earlier, I've always loved watching cooking shows and it's kind of like my own little cooking show, which is fun. And I loved it. I mean, the process of like shooting all of those videos, it was a crazy process. I mean, I was, I think I was in Kuwait doing e and I had like 10 days like break, I flew from Kuwait to South Africa. I shot i can 't even remember how many recipes I, I think we did like ten full days of shooting back to back, and every day I did five recipes i mean that, that's, that's a lot that, that's a lot and I mean we did everything, so we had a an amazing videographer, but essentially, like I did everything I cooked, I acted, I wrote my script i I had to do my own hair and makeup. Not that I know anything about that. So <laughs> yeah. I don't do either of those things every day anyway. Uh, That's I had like... To, the- like
0: Typical chef mindset, you're like, I got it all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I dressed the set because we Mm -hmm. had this beautiful kitchen that we were shooting in. But you know, like after the first recipe, then you have to break down the whole set and build the set in a different way because it's a Mm -hmm. different day. Right. Uh, So it was crazy, but it was a lot of fun. And the end result is better than, which is amazing because I have very high standards.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Aesthetics are important, especially. When you're coming from the mind that you have, that's so amazing. Um, it's so interesting to me. I, you know, We've come from such different backgrounds and, I mean, such similar backgrounds, but we're from such different places. Yeah. And when I talk to you and hear your story and just hear, and I, I'm like connecting so many things that are so similar about my life. And I just think it's, it's pretty amazing that we've connected. And I, you know, in this world, I've felt a lot, especially when I was younger, that I was very alone and how I felt. And, you know, I suffer with endometriosis. So it's it's very similar in the sense where you can't get out of bed, you're very sick, you have doctors that tell you all the time that you're never going to live a life without painkillers, you know, you're always going to be in this cycle. And so, um, you know, it's super courageous to be like, no, <laughs> I'm
1: actually not.
0: <laughs> actually, let me tell you how I'm actually going to heal.
1: <laughs> yeah. So
0: I think that's awesome. Um, how How's your Hashi's doing at this, at this
1: moment? So I actually was tested um, just before I came to Europe. So that was about six weeks ago. They did full blood work and everything is perfect. In fact, the doctor said to me, wow, whatever you're doing is really great because your bloods are amazing. And I was like, yep, just eat plants, (laughs) ma'am. Just eat plants. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Are there any foods that you
0: stay away from? I know I have a couple of followers who have Hashimoto's and they were wondering if you stay away from like soy or corn or anything like that.
1: Yeah, so when I I was healing from the Hashimoto's, um, there was a lot of things that I stayed away from. So I didn't touch soy, I didn't touch corn, I didn't touch gluten. Uh, What else? um canola oil um anything that is not a whole food so anything with a preservative anything with an e-number anything with an artificial flavoring anything like Mm -hmm. that i mean you just stay away like you should be staying away from that anyway even if you don't have Hashimoto's right um So yeah, I stayed away from that for about a year. Um, But now that the Hashimoto's is completely reversed, if I do have soy, it will only be an organic form of soy anyway, because I mean, I don't think that we should be touching non-organic soy. Yeah, no. Gluten. So gluten is a big one. Um, I Part of my eating disorder, uh, so anorectia, orthorectia, is the obsession with being healthy and healthy food. Um, gluten was always a big no-no for me. So I mean, when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I was no problem because I didn't eat gluten anyway. Um, but now that the Hashimoto's is reversed I'm in recovery, there's lots of important steps for me to take to further my recovery. And that included eating gluten. So now being in Europe, there was lots of tests that I had to um, put myself through, including eating a bit, eating pizza and eating pasta. Um, and I didn't die and I didn't, um, (laughs) float or have any stomach issues and it was amazing. Um, yeah, I don't eat gluten every day. Um, but I have it now and then and I'm still Hashimoto's free. I think the important thing is, is, that when you have Hashimoto's, you need to stay away from those things big time. Mm-hmm. You need to include a lot of important foods as well that starve the Epstein-Barr virus and that draw the heavy metals out of your system and purge your liver of the shit that's stuck in there. Um, and these simple things, things like cilantro, things like sea vegetables, like dulse flakes, you know, like easy things that are like available to us in the fruit and veg aisles. Um, Is
0: that any? Is that something that you learned on your own, or did your doctors help you with that? Or
1: no, so I did. Doctors didn't help me at all. Sadly, sadly. That
0: was another one of my questions. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's a conversation for another day. Yeah, Um, (laughs) yeah. I did a heap of my own research into figuring out how to tackle this thing, and um, Anthony William, medical medium, his books. I read them all cover to cover. At first, I thought this guy was nuts. and like, Same. <laughs> not, a lot of the world does think that he's nuts, but he's really not nuts. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's got something there for sure. He's got something there for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. I did the celery juicing for pretty much a year straight. I drank celery juice. However, the first two months of me beginning this self-healing journey from Hashimoto's you didn't have access to celery. Celery is very difficult to find in Bali. Um, the only sort of celery that you get is like kind of the leaves. You just get like a bunch of leaves, which is really not helpful. Um, <laughs> although I still ate them when I found them. i just used just like throw them into a smoothie with like five bananas to try not to have that taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, in those two months of not even having the celery, my, I mean, like I said earlier, my energy levels just completely reversed. I was able to like get out of bed. I was, I felt already like I was thriving. And that was just from eating fruit. I mean, essentially for the first two months, I ate bananas, papayas, cilantro. I had a few like green powders that I always travel with, like moringa, spirulina, things like that. Threw in some activated charcoal here and there. Um, yeah, and just by eating those few things, I was able to go from like zero to hero. Um, it just shows you, that plants are magical things; they really are. Um, but yeah, definitely staying away from the things that I mentioned. Um, you know that your Hashimoto's is gone. Yeah. Now, I don't really touch too much corn now, um, just because of my Ayurvedic constitution. My dosha is very high in vata, and um, corn is a very drying food, and it's not great for me in my constitution, but that doesn't mean that other people can't have corn. Because corn is delicious. It creates many delicious meals. (laughs) Um
0: -hmm. I wonder about corn too. I've I've always eaten. I'm from Colorado. So there's like, I grew up around like cornfields everywhere. And I've always wondered about corn though. And the more I get into just kind of like my own healing journey, I I definitely wonder. I mean, and I'm right above Mexico too. So I'm always eating like corn tortillas and Mm. corn chips and things like that. Um, But yeah, it would be an interesting experiment to cut it out and see
1: yeah like i think if you're having an organic non-gmo form of corn oh i think i think it would be it would be okay but like maybe not too often and it would be a cool experiment to see what would happen if you cut it out Mm -hmm. um, to see, see how your body reacts um yeah interesting
0: yeah Yeah, totally. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you if they want to get to know you more? Find
1: your app. Yeah. So my app and where you can find me are essentially my name. Uh, Claire Sharon Roberto. Sharon spelled with a double R Y N. Claire spelled C-L-A-I-R-E. And my last name Roberto is essentially Robert an O at the end but I'm sure you'll put all of these details in the show notes because each one of my names are very difficult to spell <laughs> and are often Absolutely. missed yes, but yeah, yeah. Uh, on Instagram it's at Claire Sharon Roberto the app will be Claire Sharon Roberto my website once it goes live it will be com. amazing
0: yeah. is there <laughs> any final thing that you would like to leave our listeners with any final tips
1: I think hmm Always ask questions. I think it's so important for people to remain, to remain inquisitive and inquire about everything. If a doctor tells you that you're sick and that you have to do this and that you're not gonna get well, question that and figure it out for yourself. If there's something in your life that's not working, question why, why do you feel this way? What can you do to make things better? always options just always go that extra step and uh, self-inquiry is so important that expression stay hungry stay foolish it's a winner
0: (laughs) totally cool thank you so much for coming on and i'll talk to you soon
1: cool man thanks so much for having me (laughs) thank
0: you all right lovely humans thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast so happy to have you here. So happy to have Claire on the show. If you loved this podcast, go show Claire some love over on Instagram. And as always, leave us a review and subscribe if you'd like to hear more episodes. Don't forget to eat your greens and I'll see you next week.